Hey, this is Taylor. This is Jake. And this is Dan. And this is Unicorn Finders, where we are on the search to eliminate the elusive unicorn factor in everyday people, businesses, and relationships. Hope you enjoy. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another week of Unicorn Finders, where again, we find the unicorn in both uh, business and relationships um, and also people. Um, and so this week, very excited. Back to back weeks of Nashville folks. Um, and so uh, very excited to have my friend Amy Knight on with us. Um, Amy is just a badass. I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, and she lifts heavy weight, she figure skates, and she codes, right? So like literally the perfect trifecta. Um, so Amy, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Um, and so, uh, so Amy, I'm not going to introduce you because you have a laundry list of things. I can like read your, your title on your LinkedIn, your software architect, lead DevOps engineer, Google developer expert and international keynote speaker. Um, but if you want to go ahead and give a little bit more background about yourself, uh, that would be awesome. Sure. Um, so oddly enough, I think I thought I had been doing this for seven years and I recently looked, it's actually been six. So someone was like, whoa, we didn't realize that. But yeah, um, so I, I graduated from the Nashville Software School six years ago. Uh, I started working at a company called SparkPost in Baltimore, Maryland. I left Nashville and, and went there. Um, and my boot camp was Ruby on Rails on the back end and obviously just Ruby. Uh, and then JavaScript for, and when, when I say JavaScript, we didn't just do like front end JavaScript, we did node too. So I was able to like, fortunately kind of get uh, two backends when I went to NSS. And for people who aren't familiar with NSS, it's a six month boot camp as opposed to like a lot of them are, um, I think like three months now or something like that. Yeah, but, uh, sometimes three weeks. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, that's kind of my backstory. I, um, my background, so my degree is just in communications. Like. <laughs> I mean, no offense to the communication graduates out of there, but it's, it's, uh, I think like in our economy right now, you really need a skill. And so, um, I don't know. I like, I, I guess I can give kind of like, I'll try to give my life story in as short of a, a time frame as possible, it. but, uh, Grew up in Chicago. Um, when I say that, I know Taylor mentioned about figure skating and that was like a big part of my life. And when I say big part, it was like huge. Um, so when I was, uh, I wanna say like 14, I was um, living in Chicago with my parents and my figure skating coach, her husband got transferred to the University of Alabama at Birmingham. He was, um, a, he was like in architecture and building out the university. And so I moved, like packed up and moved with her <laughs> at like 14, 15 years old. Um, wow. So I think like, I don't know, that kind of like shapes my personality, I think. And all that to say, so like figure skating was a huge part of my life. Um, the plan was for me just to like coach the rest of my life. So I went to college and I just kind of like got that piece of paper uh, but didn't really have necessarily a plan since my plan was just to coach. But I want to say maybe like junior, senior year in college, I just realized like, you know, coaching is great. I love skating, but you know, maybe there's more for me in life. And so 
uh, I stumbled around a different couple different options after college, like study for the LSATs. I thought maybe I'd go to law school. Wow. Um, started PT school for a little while and um, was not big on like the patient care part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really like sitting behind computers where it's like clean and <laughs> you know you're not having to deal with like smelly stuff. But <laughs> same. And, same. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I Anyways, had but honestly, like PT school kind of opened my my eyes to how much I enjoyed science, which opened my eyes into tech. And so I was working at a marketing company. And they had a lot of updates that needed to happen to the website, and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of asking for people to make these changes. There's like huge backlog of web work that needed to get done, and. Uh, obviously like that's you know that's a common issue in the industry and so I was like I'm gonna see if I can figure out how to do some of this myself and that's what like just really kicked it off so that was like seven years ago I studied by myself for about a year before I did NSF and um what did I don't you, know how did you kind of sell where did you start I mean really uh, just like yeah so I <laughs> I did I did something called uh treehouse oh, yeah. and just yeah you, you know, Treehouse, I think, right? Treehouse used to be a client of mine in Orlando. Great people. Yeah, yeah. So, so I did that. Um, I also uh, went back to school for a little while with a scholarship that I had uh, for uh, people that were part of the military, and wow. started going back for a second degree in information technology. But it was during that time that Ruby on Rails was like huge. And the school was not teaching that. And so somebody in the community was like, hey, you should really check out something called Rails Girls and Rails Bridge. Um, so that's why I was like, hmm. And that's when like, I, I think boot camps were literally just getting started. Like yeah. people, I had heard like, there's this thing called a boot camp and like they were graduating like the very first cohorts of, um, shoot, I can't think of the name of it, but there was one in Chicago that was like the very first one. Um, and I remember just like going online and trying to find like as much information about these people as possible and like what is this boot camp thing and um, but yeah I was just like okay I'm, I'm gonna give this a try after about a year you know stopped doing the information technology degree did the boot camp I um, talked to a couple of different boot camps I actually moved to Austin for like a month because I was gonna do one there and uh, packed up and left and came Jeez. back because the one in Austin was three months. Uh, it's what Hack Reactor is now. Um, but Hack Reactor and it was Hack Reactor and Maker Square, they merged uh, later on. And so I was going to go to Maker Square in Austin. And um, I just thought, you know, if I'm going to pay this much money, I want to see if I can do a six month one. So I uh, drove back home and applied to NSS. And I, I had a phenomenal experience there, um, but uh, I don't know. I can keep going, I guess. No, but. I love it. I love, so, so I guess my first question is, is like, so, you know, what would you, I, and, and this is kind of a, a debate right now, right? College <laughs> versus boot camps. Yep. Right. You've done wow. both. Like right. there are no wrong answers here. Be honest. Yeah. What, what would you say to somebody watching this, the like six people watching this, what would you say is hey, like, yeah, hey mom, is like <laughs> the biggest, like what would you say do? Um, I mean, it it depends. It, 
I don't like software. It depends, but it depends on a lot of things. Okay. One thing is it would probably depend on what your end goal is. If mm -hmm. you want to be just like a general software engineer, software developer, um, I think you could do the boot camp. It, it doesn't matter what option you want to do. Um, if you want to get into like lower level systems, networking, stuff like that, um, I think a traditional degree might touch on that a little bit better. Hmm. But just like general software engineer, I think boot camp, uh, school, or even just self teaching. Um, now, like the self teaching versus boot camp, you get into like how self motivated are you? Right. Um, how much are you in a hurry? Because self teaching, you know, if you're working a full time job, can take a little while longer. Same with school. Um, if if you're young and money's not an option, I always think school is, is the best bet because you can kind of do your own stuff that you would do in the boot camp in tandem with what you do at school. But um, that said, it's you know is very competitive right now. It's so um, I like I mentor a lot of people, and one thing that I think is unique about right now, especially you know just 2020 and COVID and you know, it was already competitive. Like when I graduated from my boot camp, I faced um, like a different kind of issue. And that was that people didn't really know whether boot camps would be successful or not. Yeah, I didn't even so, think about that. So there were a lot of people like, boot camp? I'm like, no, no, really? Like, no. Um, so like, I got a lot of just like, like people would not consider you. Now it's a difference. It's a very different thing now. Like now, the tables have turned like way the other way where you have like a lot of people, like they have a lot of success stories. Um, and so a lot of people have entered the industry, which makes it very competitive in a different way. hundred percent. hundred percent. What were, what were those first couple of months like? I mean, you, you, you graduate from Nashville um, software school and then you move to Baltimore where code camps and boot camps and things of that nature are, are still kind of new. Um, you come in and, and what, what was that that first couple months experience like both kind of being accepted by your coworkers as well as like transitioning <laughs> from like code isn't just, you know, in kind of this vacuum in a 13 week program into production issues and all this other stuff that you deal with in, in kind of real life. Yeah, that was uh, so I always say for me, the boot camp was the easy part. It was the job that was way more difficult. Um, so you know, I did the boot camp, and uh, I, I mean, I was pretty fortunate. So when I was in Austin, I met someone out there who um, kind of mentored me through the boot camp, and he was like, "I, you know, have an agency. You have a job regardless, like when you oh, finish." Cool. You okay. know, so that was like a big relief. But at the same time, um, you know, at at the end of it all. I had my heart set on wanting to do Node on the back end, and uh, his shop was mostly Rails. Node was like kind of the Wild West back six years ago. Yeah. And so um, the way that I landed my job, and this is the advice I always give to people, is like I didn't go out searching for work. Um, I just went out trying to figure out how can I help other people who are also oh, learning to code. Oh, there, <laughs> there it is. We're done. Eleven Easy. minutes in. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I got on Twitter and started following. I also knew that I was going to, after Nashville, I was going to end up 
moving uh, to Baltimore. So I knew like I, you know, there were a lot of networking events in Nashville, but those just didn't really apply to me because I knew I wasn't going to be there. So I knew like I needed to network and I needed to network virtually because I, you know, wasn't going to Baltimore uh, during NSS. So yeah, I reached out to a lot of people on uh, on Twitter, um, on GitHub. Um, I tried to be like, do some open source stuff. Even at the time, it was just like documentation for some projects because I was still so new. But uh, I reached out to people for like volunteer opportunities when I got to Baltimore. And through doing that, I met someone who said, you know, let me add you to the space group group for Baltimore Tech and there's people hiring in there. Um, and just people are so nice. Uh, just like anything and everything they could do to kind of help me. And so I met somebody there who uh, hooked me up with the first job that I have. And, and I'll say like, I want to like give my experience at the, at the first job I landed because it was not smooth. <laughs> uh, I was uh, three months into NSS and had a, what I thought, you know, this is all brand new to me, mm -hmm. um, got on a phone, like a initial interview. And so I was kind of thinking, you know, it's just going to be like conversational. No, like they started, you know, lots of technical questions already. Um, and so thankfully I did pretty good on that. But again, like the person who was hiring was like, you can't graduate. Like, what is that even? Like, I don't even right. think you would ever heard of it before. Um, and they did not have junior openings. So they had a mid senior role. And he was like, eh, reach back out to me in a couple of weeks, like, we'll, you know, see. So I emailed him, didn't hear back, um, waited a week, emailed again, finally heard back. And he was like, so that, like, I really had to be persistent. And he was like, eh, you know, we, we really need like a mid senior. Let me know when you actually get to Baltimore and, and we'll kind of take it from there. So emailed him when I actually got there three months later. Um, and he was like, we'll bring you in for a technical interview. And I'm pretty sure I bombed that <laughs> junior, like didn't do, it was terrifying. Um, yeah. didn't do very well, but they, uh, they offered me the job. So I, I can go into more detail, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, so Amy, so I, and I think, I think you said it best, right. And we have a question real quick. What, what technical knowledge do you get from a traditional four year degree? And you don't get it at a boot camp. Um, I'm going to say my two cents real fast. And Amy, I want to hear your thoughts. I think the network that yeah. you get within a boot camp, right. So when I spoke at NSS last night, I ran a LinkedIn search to show the NSS grads that there are 1800 alumni and there's like a, a thousand of them are still in Nashville, right? For me, I just feel like it's the network more than anything in regards to a boot camp. And I'm interested, but you kind of touched on it, right? But it, or do you think there's any more like any more things that you would gain from a technical knowledge, from a code, from like a, you know, a, a four year degree versus a boot camp? Um, I mean, obviously the four year degree, I think you're going to be able to absorb a little bit more. You're going to go a little bit more in depth. Um, the boot camp is, you know, more practical. Like I work with, um, we have an intern network right now and she's really, really talented and smart, um, and great, but you know, doesn't have a lot of experience with Git um, and, and things like that. So there's like the, it, it's true what they say, like you get into a lot of theory and maybe not as practical, 
yep. of things. Sure. So, Amy, so right now, so uh, I want to kind of dive into because, I mean, your beginning part, you're getting started in your career was kind of crazy, right? Move to Austin, move back, <laughs> move to Baltimore, interview yeah. for mid-senior jobs, right? Like <laughs> some people are just even terrified to post one thing or to have one communication with some with some stranger. Yeah. Like for you, where where did this confidence come from? Or you was it just confidence. or was it just pure terror that like motivated you to to like reach out? Like I'm curious, I, I want people who are watching, right? Cause because we have an NSS alumni watching right now. You just commented. Like, what advice would you give to somebody coming out of boot camp? That's me, NSS, to be fearless. Like, like I guess what are some tips that you would give? Um, so yeah, I definitely like had to be fearless. Um, it was not confidence, that's for certain. <laughs> um, I love the honesty. <laughs> yeah. So I was also just in like my personal life going through a situation where like the clock was ticking and I knew that I had um, I, I had a very limited time to uh, get to like mid or senior so that I could try to get a remote job um, because I was just in a situation um, military wise, like moving around a lot and stuff like that. So um, I just kind of was, uh, I, I mean, if anything, I would say it was like desperation, um, like nothing to lose. Like just you have like your, you have no option other than to go for it. There's a book um, that I read uh, after listening to a podcast. I do a podcast called Jobscript Jabber, and uh, they have a Ruby podcast. And I heard it on there. It's called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And um, basically, like the premise of the book is, you know, you just work hard enough at something, and eventually you will get good at it. And mm -hmm. the people on the podcast, there's this woman. Her name is Katrina Owen, and I always looked up to her because um, I was like a figure skating background. I didn't have, you know, a, a technical background. And she, uh, she was uh, like some sort of gymnast and was actually into like acrobatics and became a really, really, really well-known software engineer and just had so much respect for her. And she was just always like, you know, if you work hard enough, you can do this. Like you just need to put in the hours. So um, I just kind of had that mentality that if I work hard enough and which is, you know, what I did in skating that I can get where I need to get to. And I'll say too, like the community was just so welcoming. Like every time I would have doubts, they would, you know, kind of assure me with the message that she did that like anybody can do this. And I, and I still believe that. So I, and I want to go back to what you said about instead of asking, what you say, instead of asking for a job, you wanted to help people. How, like, do you think like that is a, that is a core attribute that that individual should take on right now um i think so i i mean i feel like it, when i was in baltimore too i started like a junior developer study group okay. where we would meet on saturdays and i remember somebody at the time was like you know that's dumb that's just the blind leading the blind <laughs> um i was kind of like that, that kind of bummed me out uh it was somebody i worked with and like I said, I mean, I really had to prove myself with that first job. It was tough. I'd like to circle back to that somehow because I feel like there's some like good advice in there. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think even when you're learning, teaching it to someone else will help solidify it for you. 
Ugh. You can't fully understand something until you can teach it to someone else. Yeah, yeah, that really is true. When I actually knew nothing, that was a way I would interview people. I would have them explain what they did to me like I was their grandmother. <laughs> and if they, if they couldn't do it, then they didn't fully understand it. It was like, and I was kind of my like, well, you can't explain it. You probably aren't good, good at it. I guess you're not very good at this. <laughs> Maybe I blended it out a few more people than I should have, but it was <laughs> <laughs> So Amy, uh, so one thing that you really gotten big into back when we used to travel, those were the days, was speaking. Yep. Right, yeah. and that's where you and I really, um, you know, uh, connected. Um, you know, at one of the conferences we met, um, which was at the beach. That was awesome. Cut on the beach. Oh, the good old days. Shout out the good old days. <laughs> shout, shout out P. Cochran and his team out there in IR down in Jacksonville. But it, talk to me, like I, I really think speaking, public speaking, really elevates your career and mm -hmm. i want you to speak on that briefly because i know i mean i'm about to call you danny dan dan obviously does a lot of stuff in the tampa area mm -hmm. with boards and nonprofits. jake does a ton as well i've mm -hmm. seen from afar i admire both jake and dan tremendously because of their involvement and their and their speaking ability i think has risen them through the ranks especially at vaco as well that's done the same thing with you and your career so can you kind of peel behind the onion a little bit for me on why you think that's so important and how it's helped you kind of open doors. Oh, I also want to know what your first speech was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, it's the one I still give a lot, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that. But um, so at the first job, I, I never like set out to speak. It just mm -hmm. kind of happened. Um, I went to uh, NG comp which was like a huge Angular conference. I think it's still going on. And I met somebody there who was a podcast. Uh, he was one of the co-hosts on JavaScript Jabber, which is the podcast that I do now. And his daughter, he had been talking on the podcast that his daughter was learning to code and she was in high school. And um, I got up the guts to just like go over and talk to him and, you know, wanted to like compliment him and just say like, I thought that was pretty cool. and. Uh, so I, you know, told him because she was a boot camp person too. She was going to boot camp, but she was like 16 or something. Um, and they invited me onto the podcast and that's when things just like really exploded for me and like forever grateful to the people that had me on. But, uh, so like the first conference talk, I also, there was, um, his name's Jordan Casper, uh, met him in. Uh, Nashville and he moved to DC at the same time that I moved to Baltimore so him and I kind of kept in touch yep. and he was big in DevRel so he was always like oh you need to get into speaking I was like eh, I don't know about that <laughs> but he would constantly like ping me and be like have you thought about it yet and so at one point um when I was in Baltimore like I met you know friends at NSS and I missed them and I wanted to come back and I was like okay um you know I don't really have like extra money for a plane ticket but if I write a talk and I get accepted, I can go see my friends. I love so, that. I love that. <laughs> so, so I decided to write a talk on like my journey as a junior developer, which was, you know, at the time I was like, who the heck wants to hear about this? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> but uh, the talk like freaking exploded um, to the point where like six years later, I'm still giving it. Uh, was but, was that your keynote at Code on the yeah. Beach? Yeah, yeah, the getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So, 
Yeah. So, but but the crazy part is too. So at the time I was doing uh, JavaScript Jabber, I got invited onto uh, Angular Air as a panelist, and so this was just like it absolutely blew my mind. I still can like remember it to this day. But I was uh, walking to the gym in Baltimore like early in the morning at six o'clock, and I got an email that was like, "Hey." We want you to come speak in London. I was like, this is a joke. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I kept reading the email. I was like, is this spam? Like, is somebody spamming me, teasing me? And and I like responded back, and um, they had a speaker drop out. And because of being on Angular Air, they um, wanted to invite me to speak as like a, a backup. And I had like a week to literally the flight was gonna leave in like a week. And so I, you know. Of course, me, I was like, I'm a brand new junior developer. I cannot miss work. Like, yeah. must code, must <laughs> yes, not leave must, the computer. Must prove myself at this job. I cannot leave. <laughs> um, but uh, my friends were like, Amy, like you have to do this. This is huge. And so I took the time off of work and, and did it. And it just absolutely, like everybody was so nice. Like huge people in the industry I can remember sitting at the speaker dinner being like, I do not belong here. Um, but everybody was just like so nice. But okay. yeah, spe speaking just like the people you meet. Um, I personally just like really enjoy encouraging people because everything that has happened to me, I would have never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams imagined. And mm -hmm. anything I can do to like encourage somebody else. Um, I just was like, in, you know, not my life was not great. I was not in a great situation and programming was like how I got myself out of that. That's awesome. So that's awesome. That's so, so cool. Um, Dan, Jake, I didn't know if you had any questions at all. I was about to go, I was about to go into uh, one more question and then start to wrap it up here. Yeah. Amy, I, I guess I'm curious. I mean, obviously you, you are an exceptionally bright person just from, from hearing you talk and just your, your life and everything else. So you went from really no, you know, real coding experience, you go to code school and six months later you have a job. And then it's seemingly like just a few months later, you're on the speaking circuit. And then, you know, not long after that, you're being flown overseas. And now just like looking through your resume and talking before the show about what you're doing now. I mean, it's such an incredible and, and rapid growth outside of intelligence and, you know, pushing yourself and, you know, always wanting to learn more, you know, what are some things that you can recommend to people that are looking to, I guess, grow kind of the way that you did? Cause you went from a career shift to, you know, really the, the peak of, of the industry in, in a very quick amount of time. Yeah. So, um, the, the advice that I give and just my experience is that, um, I think, you know, a lot of it was like luck, being very fortunate, blessed. Um, but at the same time, like I, I, I had a lot of opportunities in front of me and I seized like every single one I could get my hands on. And, um, you know, I, I think I, to be just like blunt and honest and serious, like I worked really hard right. and I did not have a life, which is probably not healthy. <laughs> um, but like, I literally like code was my life. And when I say code was my life, I literally would like wake up at 530 in the morning and roll over immediately turn on some sort of programming podcast. Dang. I would listen, I would 
listen to that as I'm getting ready, as I'm running to the gym, while I'm at the gym, when I go on a run, I would like be, and then when I would get home and clean up, I would turn on like conference talks and listen and watch those. Then I would get to work an hour early. I would not never take lunch. (laughs) Um, I, you know, stayed late every single Mm -hmm. night. I treated Saturdays like a regular work day where I would wake up and um, do the same routine that I did every other day. Sunday, because my family was getting curious with me, um, Mm -hmm. I would at least like take a half day on Sunday and like do church in the morning. And then, um, you know, then by like two o'clock, it was like heads down again, do it all over again. And I did that for like probably a year and a half. Um, I mean, to this day, like I still, especially like making the leap from like full stack to DevOps, like Mm -hmm. there's just constant studying. Um, And I, like I said, like I had a lot of opportunities that um, presented themselves that I'm really fortunate, but at the same time, like I just seized those as much as I could. There's, there's two things that that I've kind of, there's a lot of things that I just pulled out of what you said, but I, I would a lot. Say that, yeah, yeah. We could go on for hours. Yeah, um, but um, number one is that I, I I've always heard, and I hate using like cliche phrases all the time, but I think this one really like makes the most sense. And it, it's when people talk about luck, it's the luck is when preparation meets opportunity, right? Like yeah. you can be lucky and you could meet somebody like you could run into somebody at a, a conference that, you know, host a podcast or host a, a series called JavaScript, you know, Jabber, and then they invite you on and everything else, but you're prepared for that opportunity when it was to, to yeah. be able to show up. But number two, I mean, I, I think I kind of harken back to what you did, you know, before, you know, development and, and being a, you know, a, a top of the class figure skater too, and being yeah. able to dial, to be able to dial in to, you yeah. know, if you want something, what that means. And, and sometimes that does mean sacrifices. Sometimes that means waking up early and instead of listening to the new, you know, Eric Church album, you're going to listen to, you know, a, a Code on the Beach, you know, podcast, right? Or Code on the Beach, you know, talk or whatever it might be. And it's making those sacrifices, but, you know, that the work and the sacrifice, you know, ultimately does pay off, you know, whether it be financially or freedom or whatever you you might be. So um, I definitely applaud you for for doing that. And it's cool to see the rewards of, you know, that that sacrifice as well. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people, Amy, and 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 I, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think I think feel like the job search. I think so sometimes it, it should just happen. Like jobs should just fall out of a tree, or I'm going to be okay. You know, I went to NSS, but they don't do anything with NSS, right? Or or I went to University of South Carolina. Like, I mean, looking back on it, I didn't leverage my network at all. Like, I went to one of the better business schools in the country and never made any connections. Dan watch yourself. So for, for, for me, it's like, I, I think for you, and I think people need to really take away from this is it, it takes time and it takes work. You were at it for a year and a dang half. Yeah. And I mean, I had a lot of failures in there too. So like there was, you know, the times, like I was saying, where I would like email someone, not hear back, you have to email them again. Like my first job, I did not do well the first like three to six months. I think I got a it, it would mean because it was a massive company they had I was working on like three EPLs and like six APIs and the UI and um, so that's why I like all the long hours and stuff because I was like this is my dream job and I am not gonna lose it <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it, it, I just like I 
I, I just say that because like people who are having a hard time, like I just, I think the industry, yes, is tough to get into, but it's only growing. Um, and just like whatever you do, um, like I think there's room for everyone and just keep yeah. learning if you yeah. love it. Like that, that's the other thing too, to be careful. Like don't get into mm -hmm. it just for money or something like that. Like it takes a lot of work to be good and you have to be committed to like being a lifelong learner. I love that. That's I've got, good. I've got one question Taylor, And then I know you've got a whole litany of, of things that you it's want just, to get it's just, it's just five right. rapid questions. Very good. And shout out to, to the other Danny Thompson in the, uh, in the chat right now. Um, <laughs> so, I guess my, my, my one question to you, Amy, obviously is um, being that we're like a technology ish focused, you know, podcast, what is something technically that somebody, you know, that you would tell somebody right now to like either focus on or say, Hey, like this is like a technical piece of advice for you. And then here's like a non-technical piece of advice for somebody that's like, just maybe starting in their career or maybe mid career looking to make that, that next jump up. I think for people new, like a, a technical piece of advice is I think there is a huge need for um, newer developers who understand more networking, yeah. DevOps, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, especially with like more and more people migrating to the cloud. Like there's a huge need in it for like, there are no juniors in the space. Um, so if you can self-teach yourself to get to a point where you could, you know, do that kind of work, I think, um, that would be huge, uh, non-technical, um, I guess kind of like what I said, just, uh, like keep pushing yourself. Um, it's easier said than done. And, and that's why. A lot of people ask me, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I want to get into programming, you know, what do I do? And like, I will always warn people, do not get into it unless you're ready to like work your butt off. You know, it sounds great to make, you know, good money and work from home and all that, but it, it can be hard work, like on call rotation, yeah. stuff like that. And like my second job, <laughs> it was on call was brutal. It was a startup <laughs> and they had a lot of technical debt and it was brutal yeah so. not a, not a year code i get it <laughs> um no that's awesome that's awesome well amy so we always finish out the rounds we always finish out our our, our little session with with a lightning round right Thanks. so first thing Bring comes in, first thing comes in your head uh pops in your head say it uh i keep points but the points don't matter kind of like whose line is it anyway and then we will get you on your way to have lunch or whatever you're going to do or go work out after this. Go lift heavy weight. So, all right. Speaking of lifting heavy weight, burpees or running, which one would you rather do? Running. You would Thank God. Yeah, I was about to say, hey, listen, some people love burpees. Some no, they don't. Burpees. Zero or my bike now. I have a Peloton behind me. Nice. There it is. Flex nice. on That's them. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, tacos or pizza? Mm, tacos. Well, uh, where's your favorite taco place in town? Uh, oh, I can't think of it. What's the place in uh, the place that everybody goes for tacos? Moss, that, Moss Tacos? No. Zatco? Uh, what was it? Zatco over in uh, Vandy by Vandy. Oh, gosh. I'm super striking out. No. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, local Avenue. taco. Maybe that's it. I don't Maybe know. that's it. Okay. See, that's the thing. I'm like still a workaholic. No, I don't go out much. Yeah. <laughs> you really don't go out much. It's the like, in the Gulch, Taylor. It, like, I couldn't yeah. tell you how long. It's been a, probably close to a year. Uh, 
I'm sorry, Amy. Talk. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. That's awesome. All right. Um, beach or mountains? Mountains. Ha! Suck it, Taylor. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, Wait, were people making bets on this? No, no, no we, oh, we, we have an We're planning some trip, and he keeps yeah, saying yeah. beach. Yeah. Uh, we, so we we have people asking: Is it Taco Mamacita, Bar Taco, or Taco Bar Company? Taco. Bar Taco. Robert oh, Kiever, you were right. We have one of those in Tampa too, and it's delicious. I have to eat like fifteen tacos at Bar Taco to get full. They're yeah. so good. I love their the cauliflower one. Yeah, like, the cauliflower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're oh, spite. Yeah. They're so good. So somebody said Taco Bell. That yeah. too. <laughs> that Clap. too. Um, all right. Um, user. What? It just says LinkedIn user. I said it thank you, LinkedIn user. user. Um, Amy, favorite dev language that you're working on right now? Oh, JavaScript. All right. Awesome. Um, any new language you're tinkering with right now? Um, I mean, language or technology? Just, just anything. Just anything. Just anything. Uh, you're probably Terraform. That's cool. the one that I'm leveling up in the most. Nice. Awesome. Final question. Coffee or tea? Tea. What is your favorite um, type of tea? Yeah. Uh, just like a good black tea. Uh, like, because the L-theanine is good for your brain. I'm, I need I'm that, tea every morning. Yeah. I need that. Yeah, I need, I need a lot of good it. for my brain. I need a lot of it. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny T. Cool. Well, Amy, thanks for coming on. It's been an absolute blast. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Unicorn Finders. If you found any of that interesting or helpful at all, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or want to be a part of our podcast, be sure to email us at info at theunicornfinders.com. And while you're at it, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe us five stars and share it with a friend or two. We'll see you next week.